And the dogs started right Who let the dogs out, Sarah? <laughs> I know. Mother of God, this pandemic has brought puppies to our neighborhood and to Nana's. <laughs> and to my car. Car, where she is recording. <laughs> and, and now there are just so many puppies who just bark all the time now. So, everyone, welcome to Faded Mates. I'm Sarah McLean. I write romance novels and I read them. I'm Jennifer Prokop. I'm a romance reader and critic. And as you can tell, we have a, a return guest today. So please Woo! introduce yourself. Woohoo! <laughs> Hi, guys. I'm Nana Malone and I write sexy, feel good romance. Um, in this case, spy novels. Yes! Spy Woo! novels! <laughs> We're flipping it upside down. Everybody on Faded Listening is like, what? What is happening? Previously established <laughs> on 800 million occasions that Sarah is not a fan of the spy novel, but here I we are. I can hate them, <laughs> but here we are. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I did not hate this one. <laughs> I mean, I know the things people hate about spy novels. And P.S., it's the same thing I also hate about spy novels. And it's the same thing I hate about spy movies, but I still, as a whole, love the idea of espionage and spy. I just Thank need you. it to be, yes. like, umphy and sexy. And so I wrote that. I, I wrote yes. what yeah. I wanted to see more of. Okay, but there was still, like, a secret bookcase where she pulls out Pride and oh, Prejudice, Pride right? and Prejudice! <laughs> so, obviously, you also yes. realize that, like, we want some of the spy gadgets. Stop it. Right? But here's yes. the thing. I eat that shit up. Oh, yeah. She pulled that copy of Pride and Prejudice out and, like, beep, boop, booped to get into her weapon closet. And, and I was, I was fine like, with it. I enjoyed it. Yes, give it to me. <laughs> so I want to get to the bottom of why I hate spy novels. <laughs> because I don't hate that. <laughs> and we're going to talk to Nana about lots of other things because this is sort of a very curious... I mean, this is like one of about a billion books she's written during a pandemic, yeah. which is amazing. <laughs> um, and she's got this very cool project going on. So I want to... So, Nana, welcome. We have Thank you. Like, what, a year? More. Maybe? You were season one, maybe. More. God. Yeah, more than that. Eric kept saying to me, like, when is Nana going to be back? She was good. (laughs) Not to mention, that is not a, that is no shade to other guests. He likes all of you in your own way. (laughs) Nana, before we talk about your book, though, like, I, okay, can we interrogate you being your most awesome, amazing cover model? Oh, shit, right. Like, I'm sorry. Let's not bury the there's lead. so much. Like, there's, there's so, so many, many things. things. <laughs> oh, my God. These covers. Yeah, they're amazing. All right, Nana, lay it on us. Yeah. Um, I mean. How did this happen? It's, it's I'm always amused. And it's it feels weird to even, like, talk about the covers because, to me, in my head, I was just solving a problem. And... Essentially, I mean, the first time I did it, like I've done some cover stuff before for other people and that's all fine because that's not me. And I can just, as soon as the picture is out, I'm like, oh, I don't look crazy. Awesome. Off it goes. (laughs) And I don't even necessarily, I don't connect with that because it's not me. And I, when I did it, I did it because I was scared to do it. And because I knew that people who wanted to put 
beautiful brown women on covers were finding were having a hard time because it's impossible out there in these stock photo worlds um, and these stock photo lands. And I wanted to make sure that I was part of the solution instead of just complaining about it all the time, which I do loudly and vigorously to anyone who will listen. Um, and so I just wanted to be part of the solution. So I was like, sure, great. You know, and Wander Aguiar is a very good friend. And he was like, I, and he's been saying for years, I want to shoot you. And I'm like, please stop it. I'm an old lady. No one wants to see me on a cover. <laughs> and finally, I just was, I was like, well, I'm scared to do it. So I was like, well, why am I scared of something? That's dumb. And so I just did it. And so I, I, those pictures are like, they're separate from me and I can easily be like, oh, they're just out there. And they're, I mean, if I see the cover that I end up on, I share it and I'm, you know, I'm grateful to the author for putting me on the cover, but I don't connect with that in a way. But when my publicist was like, listen, this is the time, um, uh, because I mean, I did it for years. I put brown women on covers. I didn't necessarily sell that well, but I did it for years and I made a conscious decision to stop doing that at some point. Um, just as more of an experiment to be like, no, surely this can't still be the case where people don't buy covers with brown women on them. Um, And sadly, it was the case because I immediately started selling better. After last summer and, you know, my publicist was like, no, we're doing this. And then I went back to stock photos. I was like, surely it's improved because I'm I'm not even listening to myself. It's been years. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so I was like, it has to have improved. So I went looking and it has not improved. Matter of fact, it's the same photos. (laughs) Can you talk about why stock photography is so important to indie romance in particular? Because I don't know. Sometimes I think people don't really actually understand how a cover gets made. Oh, yeah. No, that's and that's a good point. That's that's actually a good question, Jen. Look, so. When uh, in for indie romance, especially and even trad romance, because you'll find a lot of yeah. trad publishers will go looking for stock. Um, so stock photos are like when you go to a photo site like Deposit Photos or you know Shutterstock or whatever, and you're looking for a picture that you can buy to license for an affordable sum, whatever that may be. Um, usually under like a couple hundred dollars, so anywhere in that range, because they can range and get a little more pricey. And these are photos that photographers all over the world have taken and they've just kind of put up, loaded on mass, and they're just hoping to make a few bucks off of. And so for indie authors, that's really where we get all the covers that you love and the guys mm-hmm. and the, the women and the yeah. couples that you love. That's where most of us who are on a budget and have a budget for our production of, because when you're indie, you do everything from your edits and your proofreader to your cover design, to all your marketing. It is you. You are the business owner. And so you have to figure out how to do everything that you need to get done that gets a book out there in the world on your budget, whatever that may be. Now, so stock photos is where especially those... Like, and even, you know, even now I'll still, sometimes I'm just like, no, I've got a great guy for a stock photo for some book that that's releasing, right? And I'll use that. Um, Especially if you want somebody who you haven't seen very often, because Mm -hmm. that's the other thing. There are thousands of romance writers out there. Right. You see the same people on the same, like, in the pictures, and they're getting used on covers over and over and over again. So that's that's the stock so, photo industry and that's how it helps us. Right. And it's also though so what like so that's how it works but then the like the problem is is most couples are white they're mm-hmm. um cisgendered right like sort of heterosexual mm-hmm. skinny yep. 
right? So if you yep. are looking for anything that is not that, then you are like the yep. pool of um, photos you can use becomes teeny tiny. Oh, oh my God. It's, it's impossible. Because then you get people yeah. doing this thing where they Photoshop two people who clearly were not in the same image together. Right. Well, that happens <laughs> in traditional too. <laughs> it does. Right. I've had point, of point of order. Point of order. And listen, I've had that trad cover. Yeah, but I would say like indies kind of do it better. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> we do. Listen, because I have had, listen, if you go to my Harlequin trad books, <laughs> you will see those people that were sort of pasted. I was like, are they in the same photo? Sure. <laughs> quote unquote. <laughs> there was a very sort of famous moment a couple of years ago where one of Ra- Vanessa Riley's books was clearly a white woman who had been darkened. Oh, yes. To be. Oh, yes. And. Oh, yes. And listen, that has happened for time because, listen, and people get desperate because if you're yeah. trying yeah. to really do the thing where you're putting diversity on the cover, at least in terms of what will be seen as diversity, Right. Sometimes you get desperate, especially in the old days. Like, I mean, and guys, I've been published since 2010. So like in the olden days, in the Paleolithic era of romance writing, (laughs) there was really not much. And so like there were people who were like, oh, let's darken her. And people were like, okay, because they were in the struggle bus to try and get like brown skin on a cover. And they're like, even if it's fake brown skin, I mean, the thing is for teasers, you will need to do that because good luck on teasers. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just had a book where the couple was at least white presenting um, because the woman was, she's half Moroccan. It's for my um, See No Evil trilogy. And let me tell you how much easier it was because I could, I was like, look, a brunette. A brunette, right. <laughs> right. A brunette. Right. I was like, wow, that was easy. So easy. And then there's like another layer. I interviewed Reese Ryan and on one of her Harlequins, it was like the first time they'd put a woman on a cover with natural hair. And so, oh, you yes. know, some of these, right? So it's like not, you know, there's like layers and layers of representation oh, yes. beyond just, you know, the first layer is can we get someone with um, brown skin? So I think yep. that that's the other thing is like then like having hairstyles that are more representative. So it's been really, you know, so to have you have take those photos, I think was people really loved it. I loved it. And it was also just, I was like, oh. you're, I mean, you're so beautiful and talented. How is <laughs> Thank this? Thank you. The whole package. <laughs> the, whole, the total package. <laughs> tell my husband, somebody come but and tell him. I will. <laughs> <laughs> I think he doesn't deserve you. You're recording the car with your dog. So Right. Okay. Why exactly? (laughs) No, I mean, and for me, I was I was solving a problem because I will tell you when I tell you my publicist that I looked, and the thing is, I wasn't just going to stock. I was going to these photographers that are kind of known in the romance industry. I was going to each of them and looking. I went to Wander myself, who does have other black models, and was like, okay, looks like I'm gonna have to go custom. Yeah. You know, I can't find anything that I'm looking for because I was it's very specific. Yeah, which is much easier for someone like you who's been around for a long time, yeah. has all the contacts, and also is able to has has a backlist that's able to pay for mm-hmm. custom yes. photography. Yes. I mean the biggest issue with the stock photos versus is yes. cost. cost. Too. I mean, 
It is an enormous cost. Enormous. Stock photos it's, are so inexpensive. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's cost prohibitive. I will just be really clear. Um, you know, I spoke yeah. to um, some folks at Ram and they were asking me about cover, you know, custom shoots. And I was like, listen, this is the most expensive thing you can do. Yeah. And the thing is, and Wonder is affordable-ish, Right. But right. it gets more expensive from there. And P.S., he's a friend, so he was doing me a solid. And when I right. called him, and I, and he has another gorgeous black model, like, she's stunning. And I, I was like, hey, what's Amber doing these days? And he was like, he's like, what do you need? And I told him, and I was like, I need a dark-skinned black woman in a ball gown because it's royalty. Um, and he was like, yeah, no, great, we can do that. She's pregnant. And I went... Well, pregnant. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> and and she was I mean, like, congratulations, Amber. Like she was like hella pregnant, and I was yeah. like, that is not the book at all. Right. And yes, I, <laughs> quick, add a secret baby, <laughs> right? I was like, oh, and it was for two duets, so four photos I needed, and I was like. Yeah. I don't know if we can hide her stomach. Like, I was thinking of anything. <laughs> and then my publicist was like, you just need to model for these. And I was like, no. Because the idea of being on my own covers, that's horrifying. Yeah. Because right. then it's not a separate <laughs> thing. Because any time anyone who doesn't like the book, then it becomes personal to me, to my face on the cover, which brings up yeah. all my insecurities and all the times... You know, those boys growing up in Whiteyville, USA called me ugly to my face. And I'm like, oh, my God, are we? And so, like, I but like I had because I was like, I, well, I need these to do this and I need to make money. And I had to swallow my fear, which, by the way, tastes mm -hmm. a lot like crow with feathers on it um, <laughs> and do that. And that was I mean, it's like everyone's like, great job. And I'm like, uh, uh, thanks. But I was terrified. <laughs> I still am. When I see them, I'm a little bit like. I did that, but then I'm like, that feeling of terror still comes back. I'm like, I can't believe right. you did that. <laughs> well, it's a long-term thing now. You did it, but it's going to keep doing. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, well, and gorgeous. they are gorgeous. Thank you. Yeah, that's, Thank I you. love this story, Thank though, you. and I love for our listeners to hear about, about it. I think that's really cool. So before, do we want to talk about spies or do we want to talk about the brown nipple challenge? No, I think we should talk about the brown yeah, nipple challenge because right. I think it's so relevant to what we're talking exactly. about. Exactly. Boom, boom. It's not just the covers where, you know, that we have to ask for. A lot of us have yes. to ask for the books, too. Yes. So, yes. Nana, you're doing this very cool project. Is it, would we call yes. it a project? I don't know. A celebration <laughs> called the, the Brown Nipple Challenge. And would you tell everybody about it? Sure. Yeah. So, um, you know, after the uprisings of last summer, I wanted to do something um, kind of that was more long term in terms of like in my way of like fighting the system and, you know, and I recognize that even just by being here and just by publishing every time I make money or I sell a book that, you know, just by existing that, that I am in fact, you know, it's an act of resistance. I recognize that at the same time, I wanted to do more, um, especially in romance because um, romance has a history of, um, you know, not being friendly to, marginalized communities, e even though it's the genre of love and every single person, regardless of who you are, who you love, what you look like is deserving of love. And so I really wanted to do something. And in particular, for me, my mission statement from the time I started writing some 
many moons ago, um, has always been, I wanted women who looked like me to see themselves in books. Because when I started writing, I, you know, I loved, you know, rom-com and chiclet books, but like there was nary a speck of brown and any, I mean, but like literally these authors that I loved, Helen Fielding, Sophie Kinsella, Jane Green, they literally wrote books with all white people. Yeah. And some of these books were set in London. I was like, how did you have a book (laughs) set in London? I was like, you didn't know a single Asian person? No South Asians? Not one? In London? I find that hard to believe. Not one? Wow. (laughs) Okay. Um, And so I really, I had, you know, I said to myself, I was like, I want to write these books. And P.S., these were the books that you would walk into Borders, rest in peace, Borders. Um, And they were, and I didn't know anything about, you know, book placement and how those get paid. But like, I was like, I wanted to write these books that were really marketable, like were front of the store, marketable kind of books. Those like Mm -hmm. fun, really highly marketable, easy to pick up front of store books. And I was like, but I'm going to do these with brown women because I want to This is what my mother would call pink books. That's what she always (laughs) called those like front of the store women's fix was like, yes, pink books. (laughs) And you were like the brown books. Yes. I was like (laughs) pink and brown, pink and brown. Let's, let's do these. And yeah. And yeah. You know, and I really, and so that has always been my mission. No matter what I have to do to market them, it doesn't matter because the content remains the same. You're going to generally, I've written nearly 100 books. 70% of those feature a woman who's brown and has brown nipples of some kind. Um, (laughs) Like, I always say that the men don't matter. I know it's terrible to say that, but I also don't care. Um, (laughs) But the men don't matter. Like, I've written... Black men, Asian men, like I I just across the board, I am equal opportunity. Fine. I don't care. You are just a placement. You don't matter. The the women are what matter to me because it's women who read the romance, generally speaking. And women who I wanted little girls who looked like me who are reading romance and not supposed to read the romance and picking it up to see themselves and to know that they were deserving of love. And so when I started the Brown Nipple Challenge, I was like, listen, there are thousands of like black and brown romance authors out there and people act like they only know five. And listen, we could list them <laughs> off right now. I can count them off on one hand that they, everyone mentioned, you know, Alyssa right. Cole, Kennedy Ryan, Miss Bev, like everyone just like, and then Brittany Cherry and they just like, just start taking them off. They're like, oh yeah, I know, but I read, I read those. And it's like, those are safe somehow because they've managed to like fight and claw their way to right. the lexicon of the people. But like, there are things thousands of other amazing writers who can't get seen they can't get anyone to pick up their books why because people harbor internalized biases people have all the reasons you know they don't have money to be able to get facebook ads and stuff like that so i was like listen i want to put a shine on these women who write these amazing books that are like languishing in the hundred thousands and up on the amazon rankings because i was like you're missing people are missing out and Because when I was reading romance novels, you know, everyone starts in historicals, you know? So I was like, all the nipples were pink, rose, dusky. And I was like, what color is dusky? Like, I just, I need to know what, yeah, you know? Cranberry, that is a really red nipple. Cranberry, is that a thing? Maybe after they're being worked a little. Why is that so red? I have questions. Yikes, I don't like it. No, that's a lot. That's, you can't see, but I'm clutching my boobs. Like, that's too much work. Yeah. Like, um, and so that, 
That's so much. And so I, <laughs> when I started, I said, you know, we're going to focus on these books. And it's essentially a book club. I mean, it's the simplest kind of thing. It's a book club, but no one wants to show up at a book club ha- not having read the book. And so, and instead of letting people do the performative thing where they're like, look at my Goodreads shelf with diverse books that I never seem to be in the mood to read, um, <laughs> let's actually read them. Because this is, this is not vegetables. This is romance. This is vitamin and rich cake. Uh-huh. <laughs> vitamin enriched cake like it's, it's like you know it's got some vitamin b and some yeah. d in there you know it's all good for you <laughs> but it's still fun because it's cake with frosting yeah. and everything um and so we started this challenge and you know like the response has been great and i essentially just wanted to put like hardcore cash in the pockets of brown women you know i try i try to do as many indie authors as i can and you know there's some trad authors in there too but i was like if your publisher can see a little spike and they're like, what happened there? What and happened? they see right. that somehow you, you've mm-hmm. done something. That maybe means that they give you a little bit more money the next time that you go around to be right. in a contract with them. So I'm like, if we can do that and put money in the pockets of brown women, we can sh- turn the dial. We can make right. it like so that they get paid appropriately for the work that they're doing and that they get more visibility. And that's the thing. So where can our listeners, like, where are you hosting this? Is this on Instagram? Like where's, where can we find out more about it? So it's a monthly Instagram chat. So the book of the month, uh, well, depends on when this airs, but the re- recent one we're doing is we're reading on uh, Naima Simone's uh, Road to Rose Bend. And the, we do the chats on the first of the month. So the okay. previous month's book will always be held on the first. So June 1st, whenever this airs, is our next chat. And that'll be with Naima Simone. And then, the, and then I announce the next book and we read all together. We have the chat on the first of the month. So it's usually on Instagram. And then I post the replay on my IGTV, so you can't miss it, at Nana Malone Writer. And then they also go over on my website, nanamalone.com. And if you just click on Brown Nipple Challenge, you can see all the chats. That book is fantastic. We've already talked about it on the pod. So if you've all read, if you all read it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you should have read it. Um, I don't normally love a pregnant heroine. I do not. I'm like, yeah. oh, pregnant with someone else's baby. Oh, come on. Like, I just, I really I don't love it. Also, pregnancy, like yeah. the baby at the end of the book. Yeah. It's uh, it's all, there's a lot. It's a lot. Unless it's, it's that lot. Sandra Brown one that starts with their, her, like, have you guys read that one? Did you read that when you were yes. children? Yes. <laughs> she's pregnant yes. in the car. Oh, yeah. And she's having yes. a baby, like, on the side sure. of the road. And he, like, stops. Uh-huh. And then he has a newspaper. Yes. <laughs> That's all I remember. For, for many years, that was, like, my only frame of reference for how children were birthed was, like, in... On the side of the road with newspaper and an and a news, handsome, yeah. probably mustachioed man. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It's great about that book is her ex-husband is the father. They had like a kind of like, oh, let's have sex. We might as well. Yep. And then I she won't get back with him. Actually. And I love yes. that too. I, I was like, yes. when have I ever read this in a romance? It was amazing. Yeah. yeah. I lo- yeah. I love that. And like, and I love that he was like, okay, so obviously we're getting married again. And she's like. No, no, bro. <laughs> it wasn't that I good. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm going to move back to my little town and marry this other man. Yes, it was excellent. Yeah, so I loved it. It was great. So, yeah. And so that's that's the brown nipple challenge. So um, I'm happy that I'm happy that folks are are reading along. And anytime someone joins us, I'm like, this is great. Thanks for coming along for the ride. So fun. Well, so are we ready to talk about spies, Sarah? You ready? Let's do it. I mean, I've been girding my loins. <laughs> No, 
So, okay, the book is, the new book is called, Nana's new book is called The Spy in 3B. And it's the first. And is it a duology? It's got, it, yes, it is, yeah, right? It's a duology. Thank, they, thank God. When is the that. other one coming? <laughs> the other one is coming on Ju- July 13th. Okay. Well, I'm going to go ahead and finish July this one on July 13th is the assassin in 5F, and I cannot yes. wait. Um, so, but you can get started now with the spy in 3B. Yes. And it is like, <sighs> okay. So it's great. I decided. So all right, it's first of all, it's a Kobo original. Oh, which yes. means you can yes. only get it at Kobo, which is you great. can only support get it on Kobo. Kobo, we need to support places that are not the huge, enormous places. Yes, readers. We so do. like, here's a good example, a good way for us to support Kobo, which is the smaller of the, one of the smaller of the one of the smaller sellers. But you know what? They it's amazing because I will get sales in all kinds of places all over the world that I haven't. I'm like Azerbaijan. Excellent. So cool. You know, yeah. I yeah. mean, and I'm like, well, well, isn't Kobo Japanese? Like the company is Japanese, right? Um, possibly. I mean, they're headquartered in Toronto, it is. in Canada, oh, but it might be, okay. it might be a Japanese owned company, but or I'm not like sure. Ra- Ratukin. Yeah, I, we'll look at. We'll put it in show notes. But yeah. there's something like I. I want to say it's an international company. Which it's is, an international I mean, company. They're 100%. all international companies, but this one actually was like birthed internationally, yes. which is yes, one hundred percent. Was this your first? I mean, you're sort of famous to me for bodyguards and royalty. Yeah. Um, was this your first spy foray into spies? And tell us like how that came about and the book came about. Yeah, no, it, it is my first foray into spies because I was looking, you know, one of the um, the important things to note is like in romance, when you're you're like you have a successful series or you do something well, you the thing is you're always told us to do the same, but different. Right. <laughs> and so when <laughs> I did ro- right? spies, mm-hmm. I right, you. you know, so like I when I did when I did royalty, I was like the royalty and I was like, yes, but then the bodyguards of the royalty, you know, and then I did like. <laughs> The, the lords, you know, nobility, not really royalty, but nobility. It's like sort of the same in the same world. And then I was like, okay, what can I do that is in a familiar vein? And I was like, I was watching a lot of Mr. and Mrs. Smith. It had been on like, oh. I don't know, one of the channels over and over again. Oh, and I was I'm like, so why don't people write books like this? And then yeah. I was like, and I have been looking to do... <laughs> I'd been looking to do something that was like really in that espionage vein because I'd done a lot for the London Lords, uh, Hear No Evil and See No Evil trilogies, like a lot more digging into like espionage and just that hidden kind of, you know, that like really rich, wealthy, like I have all the money in the world, but still I need to steal things. And so I have gadgets right. for this, secrets. you know, that kind right. of secrets. Right. Um, and the currency secrets. So I wanted to really just kind of like dig into that a little bit. And I was like, oh, this would be fun because I love the sh- I love these spy movies and shows like La Femme Nikita, the real La Femme Nikita, the original French yes. movie. The point of the point of it's no really return good. was okay. I'll I'll even let that slide. But the 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 Femme Nikita TV show, not that nonsense, Maggie Q nonsense. <laughs> Stop it. I, the the version <laughs> with the version with Peter Wilson. And Roy Dupuis, that was some sexy ass stuff. So that one, <laughs> um, I really, I was like, God, I've got to fanfic this somehow. And that one's a little, I mean, gritty for the time. It was the 2000s, it was the early aughts. But it was a little grittier. But I was like, how do I fanfic that and make it fun and me? And then I was like, I was watching a lot of Mr. and Mrs. Smith. And I was like, oh, I know how to do this. I know how to do this. Yeah. 
Well, so here's the thing. The Mr. and Mrs. Smith parallel is very good here. Yes. So, so we have two, except they're not married, right? You have yeah, two. Right. They're not married. Essentially like black ops, like covert ops yes. pe- people. They're yes. both working for government, co- they're government contracted spies. <laughs> yes. Um, and they're working for, I I also, I was going to text you this evening, this afternoon when I was reading because they're working, they, they work for like the lore of this is very yeah. like two houses divided yes, right. in fair variety, yes. right? Like yes. there's like, there were two buddies who had a covert ops thing and they had great names, uh-huh. which I wrote down and now are, are on like over by my bedside table instead of at my desk. But like they have these like great like hero names and they, they fractured and now there are two, yes. you know, competing rival right. organizations and they each think the other organization is the bad guys, but they're the good guys. And it's so clever. And then but they each have like kind of like fake, um, you know, perso- they have personas right. and like uh, they're undercover. Yep. Well, and I loved the part where like their bosses encourage them to date. To date. Because then you like, could be like uh-huh. a little more, yeah. like you're not such a wild, <laughs> loose cannon or whatever. Right. And so yes. both of them are kind of yes. like, oh, For stability. going on these dates. Right. <laughs> and so they're both like dating under the, like in disguise. They're dating in disguise. Right. And yes. Yes. it's sort of a, how, and, and it's a very sort of, when is it gonna, yeah. when is, when are they gonna figure it out? And you really, yes, you draw it out. Like it is fabulous. Like she, they are like making out and she, her purse is stolen by like one of the bad guys that they're all chasing. <laughs> and they both think the guy was after them. Yeah. Like, and like it's yeah. just so much fun and then we talked about like the gadgetry the like all the kind of the pieces of the spy puzzle that don't feel like fossils right. which is what Jen calls it when like it's boring you're just like deep in the like <laughs> you know where are we what is happening with Napoleon right <laughs> like, yes and, because as you said earlier right we all started in historicals and I think that's what killed spies dead for me like I just well but I f- all those old like kind of like I, I look you know, I know what you mean you know what can I say something though because I think one of the things you said earlier is important which is but we all really like spy movies right Mr. and Mrs. Smith or spy yes. with Melissa McCarthy <laughs> is amazing Every single James Bond movie. I'm a sucker for all those James Bond movies. Okay, here is, I have a little bit of a theory, which is when it's a movie, you just sort of get swept away and you can like kind of not pay attention to the (laughs) fact that like none of it really makes sense. (laughs) And I think that, I mean, honestly, right? Like, oh, you're going to play a game of poker, James Bond, and somehow that's going to solve the problem. Like, sure. Right? And so I do think that in a book... Authors, there's, you know, you have to do a lot more work to sort of like get us to go along with whatever it is, you know, the plot is. And so I think that that people can get bogged down in that. And I think that might be why spy romances. And then, of course, if it takes up too much time and the romance isn't good, you're kind of like, why am I even here? So I I, I think it's just it's a harder thing to pull off. But also what Nana does so well and what makes a spy, because when I was making my list of like, what are the spy books I would recommend yeah. like that I have liked and loved in many cases? And this is now one of them because I think what Nana sort of, what Nana sort of instinctively understands here is that 
the two main characters have to be connected in some way as spies or for it to work. I mean, and one of the big failings of spy romances, honestly, for me, is when it's one spy and like a person who has nothing to do with spying. I understand now. That's and that's a good point. See, yes, I agree because the book that I w- was going to talk to you guys about today, and I know we've maybe talked about it before. Maybe I've just talked to Sarah about this, but um, I think that's the key because the thing is, like for me, it's it's only fun. Like even I even do this in my bodyguard romances. Like it seems like one person like doesn't know the thing, but like the other person really does know things and so many things. And so it's it's for me, it's always better when both parties have secrets. Because, like, you can't just do, like, a normal person. That person's boring in comparison to the spy. And they will always get overshadowed. Well, or they're stupid. Right. Yes. Or they're like, dumb, right. Or they end up being, like, a total Mary Sue who gets, like, collected by yes. the oh, enemy gross. and has to be saved. Or, and I mean, ordina- that is yep. often a heroine in, in this case, right? And so we end up in a situation where, like, the hero yeah. just has so much power, or like the spy right. has so much yeah. power. Yeah, I hate those books. Well, um, versus this kind of dynamic, right? Lyra right. and Marcus are dancing around each other, and what what I really love, what I think you do so well in this, Nana, is they don't know. Like they each have secrets, and they have no idea that yeah. the other <laughs> one has any secrets at all. Because that's the and that's I think the that's joy really of it. Fun. Because they're both incredibly yes, smart and incredibly is, like I think yeah. I think in real yeah. life we're all myopic in like what we're what we see. Everyone only sees their specific thing, and it takes a lot for you to like look up and look around. Um, and so if you're like pretend you're a spy and you're looking only and you're thinking, oh my god, this bad guy's after me, and you're trying to solve that problem. Of course, you're not paying attention to like, hey, this chick that I was just trying to protect, she took mm-hmm. down this guy with a really coordinated leg sweep mm-hmm. and then like got him in the balls accidentally. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and then like clocked him in the jaw and perfectly <laughs> executed punch and she didn't break her hand. Like you're not looking at that. You're like, I have to solve the problem of how the yep. hell this guy found mm-hmm. me. And so I, that's, you know, the joy of like the secret keeping, I think. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. You see what you're going to see because ultimately Marcus is like, I think you need self-defense glasses. <laughs> and Lara's like, what? <laughs> and she fully does not need no. self-defense nope. glasses. She does not. <laughs> no, she does not. So funny. I mean, but also I feel like the other piece of this and what I really, I mean, we started talking about this beforehand and I told you to save it for the pod, but the book is, but it's so sexy too, because the two of them are keeping secrets from each other, pretending to be these boring people. And so in Mm. the dating, there's this sense of like, well, are they really like, I feel like there's maybe more there, but they're kind of boring. And then when they, when they actually end up like kissing, Mm. right, they end up like physical with each other it just they cannot contain themselves anymore like the full spy comes out like all that excitement like everything becomes so intense and they can't stop thinking about each other so they're like on an actual mission on a ferris wheel it's fine it's It's fine it's it's constantly raising the stakes it's fine they're at i mean i want to talk i just want to talk about this because 
they're at like an art. I they're at there's like this art yeah. installation in the <laughs> desert, and there's like sex art <laughs> on a Ferris wheel, and it's like pretty porny. And so they get into the Ferris. I'm spoiling this, but so skip ahead. They get into the Ferris wheel and the, or onto the Ferris wheel, and then this like basically would we call it pornography, <laughs> Nana? What is pornography, really? <laughs> what exactly? Exactly. Good point. And they're sort of like on this Ferris wheel, and it's playing on a screen, and then they're just yeah. like, forget it. We can't control yes, ourselves. It's fair. Anymore, which I mean, fair. Look. Totally fair. Um, and then there's like a yes. bad guy. I mean, listen. <laughs> I mean, and it's when I, it was funny because you know that I and, love that you love that scene because that was one of the scenes that I literally put in the book in the manuscript insert sex scene here and then I had to keep writing because I couldn't see it in my head at the time so I had to be like because I knew that that was a moment Mm -hmm. I was like something hot has to happen here and I literally moved on from it and then when I Mm -hmm. you know was ready to write it I went back and I was like okay how am I how does one do this (laughs) And you were like, obviously, <laughs> porn on a Ferris wheel. I mean, obviously. Happen. <laughs> it was, it is, so here's my thing. Anybody who listens to the podcast knows that, like, I just want it to be crazy. That's all. Yeah. Like, I'm not asking Bananas. for a lot. I just want, as Jen says, the brightest banana on the tree. <laughs> and, like, this moment, I was like, what there is happening? Is. Who cares? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was Fantastic. And I think that's, but going back to Jen's point about spy movies, right? Yeah. Part of the joy of the spy movie is that you're like, what is happening? (laughs) Who cares? And so when it gets too, like, in the weeds with, like, Napoleonic history, I'm (laughs) out. But, like, James Bond jumping from, like, a construction crane onto a moving train and then, like, taking a minute to, like, fix his cuffs. Yes. That's all I want from spy movies. Also, like yes. Daniel I mean, Craig, no, forever. No, right. But there's like a there's one there's a Pierce Brosnan one where he like jet skis yes. off the side of a mountain sure. and yes. then catches yes. a crashing uh-huh. airplane sure. in midair and then flies away. Yeah, sure. and it's like that's what I want. Right. I don't want to have to. Yeah, right. I don't need a lesson yes, in right. flight. <laughs> I just want, I want James Bond to fly. <laughs> I want all that, and I think the book delivers, but I also think because it's romance, we expect those, like, emotional beats. And I think in that way, one of the things that this, her fear of, like, I'm going to be lying to anyone I'm dating, and I don't know how people do this. I think it's really, like, the emotional tension right from the beginning is at 10 because of that. And I think that that's the other way, though, that, like... I mean, I don't like books where people lie, but if you're a spy, you have to. You have to lie if you're a spy. You like and to, so you like people have a reason. It allows me to enjoy something that normally I'm like, mm, just tell the truth. No. And I mean, and that's really for me, that was the the big yeah. thing, because like I know that it's um, I know that people hate lying in a book. Right. Everyone's like, just tell the truth. Right. And so am I. I mean, it makes me crazy because mm-hmm. I'm like, no, if y'all just talked. Nah. Sarah loves it, but she's garbage. <laughs> I mean, but like, I'm just, I'm always like. <laughs> it's true. I'm trash for a liar. I really no, am. But like, I'm always like, look, if like most of these but- scenes, it's like, well, just fix it by telling the truth. Like, why are we holding on and lying? Right. And so I was like, yeah. but no, but in this case, mm-hmm. like lives are at stake. 
you know? And so it made it so like... Yeah, yeah they can't tell. And also they're... And you fix you do it in such a power in such a good way because they're both so concerned about yes. putting the other in harm. And on top of it, every time they talk to their bosses, their bosses are like, Are you compromised? Do we need to off these people? <laughs> like, and it's so you become so invested in these, like, or in the ordinary people yes. who they are pretending to be. It's so and also, Nana, you really nailed the like. So the biggest problem, right, with uh, James Bond, for example, is or what Jason Bourne, too, who's another great one. But the the biggest problem is that whenever there's a romance involved, it's like it can't work because sure. I've lost someone before or like I'm broken and can't love or like you know, any, you'll, everybody will die and it'll be my fault. Yeah. Right. So Marcus has, you give Marcus this like really interesting seed of that. Cause let's be honest, it's super hot. Like I'm for it. And, but like in just enough that like you see that he is reasonably concerned about being in a real relationship with somebody who is yeah good, you know, good and good for him. Yeah. Um, and then you give Lyra the sort of I've dated liars before. Oh, like, her backstory. I, I I very rarely gasp in a romance. And when we discover why she's real sensitive about a lying man in her past, I was like, oh, I was outraged for her. So I get it. And and that was the fun part because I was like, she needs a really good reason why she would be hesitant because she's like a company woman, right? She does what she's told. Mm -hmm. She's feeling it a little bit where she's like, yeah. Oh, like, why are we doing this? And she's asking questions. But I think that like for her, she's like, she needed a good reason why she really doesn't want to do this and why she's gun shy. Because if he's the only one gun shy, again, you have this girl chasing this spy and then it's to James Bondy, right? Where, like, the guy has all the power and the woman is window dressing. Right. I was like, no, she needs to be more complicated than that. And um, and so that 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 Tyler storyline, I was like, yeah, I've got to make it good so that, like, we, like she's like... It, well, yeah, you did. <laughs> well, and can we also talk about the fact that, like, Lyra has all these powerful yep. women around her, too? Mm-hmm. It's not just, like... A, another failing of a lot of spy stories is like there's right. one lady spy and all the other people all the are, are men, right? And so in this case, like she really does. She has like a very powerful boss who's a woman. She has like her her team right. is mostly women. Like, and I really love that because it feels like it feels like how it should be. Well, yes. I mean, and the thing is, I mean, you guys know, I love a strong female character. I really can't stand Mary Sue. I can't write it. I don't know how to write it. It makes me twitchy to even attempt to do that, to like have, like, mm. I mean, and look, I love stories where like, there's like one chick and it's lots of guys, but she's like running them. I like, I dig that story too. But I wanted to show that like, like in, in the spy game, quote unquote, you need everyone. And like these women are badasses. And I was really hearkening mm-hmm. to that La Femme Nikita world because like in La Femme Nikita, the like one of the big bosses is Madeline. And mm-hmm. she's this like really just manipulative, like mm-hmm. 
like just type, but I was like, oh, I, I need Lyra to have like a mother figure, like to really like someone else she can go to. And so like, I really, I was like, she needs a mother and she needs a sister. So I had Madeline and then I, um, not Madeline, I have Roz and I have Addie. And like, those are her, those are her people. <laughs> like when she goes and she's like, but I don't want to date this guy. He's kind of boring and I don't know, there's something missing. And and then when it's, when they're, when things are no longer missing, mm-hmm. she's like, Oh my God. <laughs> and that's, you know, I needed it. I needed that, but I need her because you can't, you can't do that with dudes. Like dudes are not, they're not who you run to when you have like boy problems. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fair. Um, should we talk about some of our other favorite spy yes, romances? Yes, we shall. Let's. Okay. Nana, you brought some. Yeah, I brought did. some to the table, right? Um, I did. So one of them is not actually a spy romance, but... It is a heist romance, um, and mm. I I loved it dearly. And but the thing is, like, I think there's a book two coming, and it's not out, and I just was annoyed. Um, but it's Heist of Hearts by Elizabeth Dyer, um, and so it's kind of spy like in that there's like a, a hint of espionage thread, but like there are all these secrets, and you don't know who's lying to who and who is really double crossing. I love a double cross. Like I find that to be like, mm. there's nothing like every time I watch like a spy movie or anything like that, I'm like waiting on the double cross. I'm like, well, clearly <laughs> so-and-so sure. is going to double cross so-and-so. And clearly like, I mean, I'm, I, I'm the worst one to watch a movie with because I'm already like, Oh no, no, no. He's the bad guy. And everyone's like, no, but he's the good guy. I'm like, no, no, no. He, like, I just, because I, I read a lot and obviously I'm just like, no, he's the good guy. We want to believe in him. Therefore, he's the bad guy. That's how it works. And so I love a good double right. cross. So like really what has happened is like you have this like gang of thieves and they have like, um, they have like their mentor and their mentor dies. And there's like this Fabergé egg that he had. And then they are, but then it's gone missing. And of course, they're all trying to figure out who took it, who stole it, where it's gone. And it it's a horrible cliffhanger. I'm not going to lie. And I'm waiting on the second <laughs> book. Because <laughs> I went looking and I was like, oh, is the second book out? And I was like, it is not here. It is not. Where's the second book? So. Oh, Nana Malone oh. gets a taste of her own medicine. I know. I was like, that's terrible. Do you know what? How does you that guys, feel? You guys need to shut up. <laughs> <Listen>. <laughs> done to me before okay so um, um and look that's not an excuse to hurt other people Nana. but you know but you know what because you like the pain you like it don't act like you don't like it if you don't like it don't come back and then you come back don't you so <laughs> no so but like what was really intriguing is like I love like the dynamic of the relationships because she's got like I mean there's like a teaser of like this like love triangle and there's one who's like the bad boy thief right like who's just like he's everything mm-hmm. that you are like oh my god he is a penitentiary stay waiting to happen and but <laughs> he is like sexy and charming and just like everything oozy that is like he is just like melt your panties hot and you're just like yes this guy but then on the flip side there's like the fbi agent type who is chasing them and trying to like basically arrest the gang and he is also sexy but there's an edge to him because you know that like he's also up to something you just don't know what and it is like expertly done because you're so caught up and then 
like she, the heroine is, feels like she's being left messages by her dead mentor and everyone's like, you're not, and there's also this family dynamic amongst this gang of thieves. Um, and they're like, you're not the only one that he loved. And she feels like she is the only one that he loved. So like, it's got everything that I love in it. This like found family, <laughs> like heist yeah. and thieves and espionage and lying and secrets. And I am just like, yes. And then of course my favorite is that like, they're like one of the scenes is like they're at this party and she's trying to get information from somebody and she like literally double crosses both men that are there to like help her quote unquote and she like takes the information for herself and I'm like yes this is everything that I love about <laughs> this genre right well, here well and Elizabeth but, Elizabeth Dyer writes great romantic suspense she does. I have read a couple of her books and and really enjoyed them so that doesn't surprise me that. Like a heist and that whole would be great from her. Yeah. No, she's so good at it. And I'm just, I was like, when I read it, I was like, I'm so jealous. She's like, the intricacies, I was like, I thought I was intricate. This is, like, I had to get a notebook and I was taking notes and I was like, okay, so the egg, right? Okay, so then he had it where? Where did she say? And like, you have to take just, it makes your mind work a little. And I think that's what I have always loved about like spy movies and spy not necessarily spy books because a lot of them are like dreadfully boring but like that like I love that intricacy of like making your brain work and like yes. how did the writer do that because right. I I always aim for a twist like somewhere somewhere I like I'm always aiming for a twist like when I plot I'm like I'm like okay so it's the basic plot this is kind of like our love thread and like why they can't be together and like what turns it and then I was like okay so where's my twist you know, um, and where's the thing that's... Nana, this is why your cliffhangers are one of the few cliffhangers that I read, though, because you think through how to... It doesn't... It feels organic right? or whatever. Like, yeah. It's plotted as a as a concept where, like, there's a twist and then there's the cliffhanger and then I have to clamor to come back, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. But that's not... <laughs> and I think that what you're getting at here is something that also... So I, that that also is maybe part of why I have struggled with the su- the subgenre many times is because um you know when we did our romantic suspense episode or when we did Whiteout mm-hmm. with Adriana Anders's Whiteout um, Ooh, Whiteout is, is so suspense. good yeah. so oh good. so good so good but like being able to build the tension and hold it right. as a writer is I mean. Look, romance novelists do this all the time with love stories, but, like, emotional tension is not the same as, like, oh, my God, we could all die tension. (laughs) And I think that holding the tension in a spy novel is much, is, is like, a difficult skill that's learned, right? It's not a natural, speaking as somebody who, like, sometimes I plot, sometimes I have a book with, like, more of a plot, and that's a harder book to write than a book that, Mm. <laughs> really? No. I think so. <laughs> I mean, um, it depends on like what wait, you you are. don't think so. Are you being you're you're not being you're I can't see no, your face I, anymore. Yeah, so no, I'm not being I'm not being facetious. Honestly, I don't wait. So tell say more about this. You think a plotted book like a a, a book with like a you know yeah a no, spy plot yeah, is no, no, no. easier so to write. Like, well, for me, yes, because it's for well, me it's more. Like, I, I love those emotional tangle moments, but like, so I always know what the beginning of the book looks like. I can see it in my mm-hmm. head. I can see my opening scenes. I can see it. I can feel it. And it's usually, that's usually what like got me in the shower. And I'm like, oh, must write this down. <laughs> you know, like I'm, I'm sitting there washing mm-hmm. my pits and then I'm like, oh my God. And so that's <laughs> the, that, that's the first, like right up until like the first turning point, I can almost always see that. Right. 
And then I can almost always see like what's going to mess them up. Like first, what's going to mess them up emotionally and then what's going to mess them up, you know, in terms of the plot, like where they break down, you know, where it all goes bad. I can see that. And I, and once you see that, you know what the end looks like, right? So like I can see those two chunks, right? What I can never see is the stuff in the middle. <laughs> that, and like, and God help you. Can you, anybody see that? <laughs> right, nobody can see that, right? And so for me, that is the part that like, and I'll say it, I'll say it out loud with my whole ass chest. I'll say it is like, that is like where I struggle with so many contemporary romance novels that are just like nothing else going on because yes, it's fun and games, but I'm like, please God, give me something. And like, unless you have Mm -hmm. built that sexual tension and that hook so well, that's where I start to be like, please make this end. Please God. Because sometimes like, like I'll find that like some writers, they don't know how to hold that and they don't know how to juice it. And the book is the middle is too long. Yeah. For what they have well, going on. But that's the issue with the, yeah. with a, that's what I mean by like a romantic suspense, a spy novel, a heist movie, like a heist book. There has to be a, a constant. Yeah. Here's the thing in romance, the romance itself, right? Can ebb and flow. It can have moments where yeah. it's like super high yeah. and moments where like we drop you emotionally. But with the mystery, and it is all sort of mystery-esque. Yes, sure. mystery-esque. I think so. Like, yeah. The thread has to be pulled tighter and tighter and tighter. And it can't spring. Like, it can't be loosened until the end. But and that's the fun that part. is a really, <laughs> yes, but you're good at it. <laughs> well, that's, it's the hard part, It's a right? really hard, it's a hard skill. Like, and it must. That's mu- so it, funny to me because learned. to me, that's the easier part. Than like this, like yeah. drawn out emotional, like. Well, this is why everyone should read Nanamalo. <laughs> yes, and that's why everyone like, should read because... Stephen King. Because look, <laughs> at the end of the day, like there are people, like everyone who works to their strengths. Because there are like there are authors I love, Sarah being one of them. That like you really you don't like I don't feel bored in the middle of your book because right. you've done your job. There's so many times that I'm reading a book and I'm like, we could have lost three chapters. Like we don't, yeah. we didn't need all of this, but they were trying to like keep it going for some reason. And I was like, no, this book needs to be about 65 to 70K. Like we were done, you know, and it, and it could have been tighter <laughs> yeah. because it just feels too heavy in the middle because it's like, I'm like, oh, but you didn't really accomplish anything with that drawn out stuff. Right. And so usually when I get to the first turning point, I start to think, okay, how can I, because I, I do a separate suspense thread. And so I'm like, how do I ramp this up? I'm like, so something happens, but why did it happen And what's the next worst thing that can happen? And then like, how do I make it seem like, oh, they've, they're going to get what they need to like stop whatever it is from really bad happening. And then I'm like, I need to take it away from them. And I'm like, what am I taking away? (laughs) And then I'm like, and then I'm like, ooh, but then I got to give them hope. And so then I'm like, what, where do I give, what, what hope do I give them? And then I'm, and then at that point it's the full gallop. And then I'm like, and danger and danger and danger and danger. And it just keeps going and going and going and going until it snaps. You know, but it's like, I, I mean, I, I I plot all of that out and that's, and that helps me fill in those emotional things because like, if it was just a straight contempt, right. I'd be like, okay, well, you know, she was mad at him because, you know. I guess they go to dinner. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I, I like, I like high conflict. I like high tension, but you know, what I really like are characters with agency. 
and yes. characters who want something, characters with yes. motive. And I yes. feel like that's when I get really like that sort of drifting contemporary where things happen to the characters instead yes. of the characters making things happen yes. is I think, you know, what where I well, get stuck. There's also it's impossible to write a soft spy novel, right? No. Like or oh, wait. In the, like if I actually have one. <laughs> oh, is do you? Do you? I do. I mean, I, I feel guess good I have it. one too. See? I guess I never mind. So I don't know. So maybe we need wait, maybe I need to think about this because what I'm really what I'm trying to say is like the danger when Nana was like and danger and danger and danger like to pull the thread tight you have to have a mo you have to feel like the stakes are up here yeah. right you have to feel like they're as high as they possibly can be everybody's going to die um, and that's the thing like and in this book it's so it's so twisted because you keep getting reminded that like at any moment one of their bosses could be like we're killing this person. Yes. Like, we just have to get yeah, rid of them. It's just, they're done. Um, they know For the cause. For the cause. <laughs> I mean, I don't have, I wasn't going to talk about one today, but my one of my favorite books from last year was Aster Glenn Gray's uh, Honey Trap, which is a male-male historical spy Ooh. romance set against the Cold War. Ooh. Right. And it's one of them, Nana, one of them is an American spy and one of them is a Soviet spy. Ooh. Like, it's so, like, the, the stakes are so incredibly yes. high because there's just... You know, we talk all the time about, like, writers, when writers are talking about conflict, right? Yeah. Like, you spend so much time going, like, how can I... The reader has to know, has to understand that these two people cannot be together yeah. on page cannot. one, right? Because then why am I even here? I'm just watching right. two nice people fall in love. Yes. Um, but this, like, in this case, it's like, well, here's an American spy and a Soviet spy. Yeah. Like, yeah. I know why these two can't yeah. fall in love. And 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 right. you have to do that well from page one. Like you have to make it completely understood because otherwise there's no point because if it's just a spy and a normal person, like then it becomes the normal person's in danger, right? And then the right. spy puts the normal like, person in what danger. What was that? True Lies. That True Lies, yes. Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. So I kind of fell down a little bit of a rabbit hole yesterday preparing for this and I... You know, Sarah and I say all the time, one of the things we often do is, like, Google, like, you know, spy romances and then see what comes up. And um, a book came up by Karen Robards called Night Magic. And I, okay. That's from The Vault. Listen, this is from. Opening The Vault. This is from The Vault. Like, (laughs) listen, I could tell you exactly what aisle this was in, in my, in the North Homestead (laughs) branch of the Cuyahoga County Public Library. Because (laughs) she didn't get, she didn't get shelved with romance with all the Harlan presents. She was in the fiction aisles. And um, I think I read another book of hers a lot called To Love a Man, which I'm going to tell you right now. I read the blurb yesterday. I was like, oh, that's got to be racist as fuck. And in this case, I was, listen, I'm just going to stop there and just let that one go. But I started reading, so I started reading Night Music, which at some point I think was on sale. And I was like, oh, God, Karen Robards, that, I remember that. And this is like 1987, right? This is... Yes. No cell phones. Like, he yep. is an American spy. The KGB is after him and has identified a mole somewhere high up in the State Department. And he is the only one who can stop this, this uh-huh. um, you know, he's the only one who can stop this KGB agent. And what happens is this KGB agent finds this woman, who a romance author, who has written his, <laughs> this spy's, like, like, spy name is Magic Dragon. 
hilarious. And she has written a book to called that she dedicates to Magic Dragon, which is her cat named Puff. Oh, no. And so the KGB thinks that this is like a secret like message to this real spy and they break into her house. <laughs> and, and I what? was like, you know what? I fucking love all of this. And she's like, <laughs> and so it- That's crazy and I love Honestly, it. <laughs> it's so ease. I mean, at some point you just- It's like romancing the stone. Yes. It has yes. that like real feel. Well, here's of- the other thing, you guys. It's 1987 and the dude's name is John McLean. And I was like, wait, isn't that Die Hard? That was 1988. So this book, literally, I was like, what the fuck? It was wild to read again. And so (laughs) they, you know, but, you know, again, I'm reading it and I'm going to tell you, I I read it and I was enjoying it. She is the outsider. She's not putting up with any of his bullshit. They take the cat with them the entire time, which I've got to tell you, as, as someone who has a cat, they're like walking through the woods and she's carrying the cat. And I was like, that cat would be gone, gone, baby, gone, right? But I was reading this and I was like, I really grew up. Like the the spy novels I loved were totally that like Russian versus American spy versus spy. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I'm, I'm going to mention a non-romance I loved called The Charm School by Nelson DeMille, where an American is driving in the Soviet Union in his Trans Am for some reason – for spy reasons spy and reasons. like stumbles <laughs> in his truck no trip. like yeah, yeah he was like i'm gonna show up these Soviets, he traveled with it what america yeah. <laughs> what america's really like by driving my american car through the soviet union i don't know and he stumbles across a secret kgb camp where they train spies and it looks like an american town and the trainers are Vietnam veterans that are presumed dead that the Soviets have stolen and are forcing <laughs> to train their spies and what? i want to tell you this is also 1988, and I couldn't get enough of this shit. And that's why I, see, I that's was like, "I love, I want I love more." That. Yeah. Now that the Russians are the bad that. guys again, I really feel strongly like we deserve right. more of these books. Well, because did yeah. you guys ever watch the show The Americans? I didn't, yeah. but Mr. Yeah. Reed's romance did. Yeah. Yes. No. And so, like, it was outstanding, and that's like another level of like that. But it's like that's a. It worked as a show, but I feel like as a book that would have made Sarah crazy because <laughs> as a book, it was like it was just too much. It would be too much like intricacies of like yeah. what's happening. But as a show, it was stunning to watch because it was like that tension. Like they like yeah. they were two spies who lived across the street from an FBI agent who was on the spy crew. Like they are like go looking going for these as they called them then illegals. And so yeah. like every day that their neighbor would come over, especially in the early seasons. It was like, we're going to die. And like, you would sit there watching, you're like, oh shit. Oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no, no. Yeah. The whole time. And so right. that's, the, that's what you need when you're like, you can but easily I'm, understand why they would be terrified. And so you need that. Yeah. And you can't, but you can't, I appreciate that you can't hold that, that particular kind of tension in a romance novel, yes. like the whole, the whole time, time, right? Yes. Because there has to be, the emotional drops have to exist, yes. right? Like, there has yeah. to be the moment where they kiss in the, you know, sure. they kiss just in the street and they're, like, totally into each other. Yeah. Well, no, and, I mean, and you have to do that. that that's, but that's, that's romance. I'd like to make the case that in a lot of then these books, the way that authors, like, navigate that emotional tension is with humor. Oh, right? Yeah. I mean, like, this this yes. night magic or night music, I can't, I don't even know if I'm saying <laughs> the right title, 
Like, she is, like, the you know, there's all this, like, you know, shirt standing up to him. And he's like, you got to break these cuffs off of me. And, you know, she, like, accidentally, like, whacks him with the hammer. And it's like, sorry. <laughs> and it's like, right? And so even though she's forced to be with him, she doesn't, like, kowtow to him. And I think that that's a big part of the reason why, like, humor ends up essentially, like, bouncing us through without us losing any of that. It's, like, a really interesting way that I think that plays out. I mean, and I, th- I think that's you, true. One of my. I agree. Oh, no, no, no. I'm saying I agree. You need that because otherwise there's all it's just that then you're just taught the whole time and it just isn't you don't have time to come down to fall in love, essentially. Right. Right. Which is why movies like Spy with Melissa McCarthy mm-hmm. and oh, my gosh, what's the one with Colin Firth and all the boys? Oh, my God. Oh, Kingsman. Yes. Kingsman, yeah. And Kingsman, yes. which the end of Kingsman will blow your little mind because it doesn't feel like it feels like totally different than the beginning of Kingsman. Yes, but I like, was like, oh, Kingsman is <laughs> hilariously funny. Yep. Like there are there are in the second Kingsman is like almost over the top. It's, like, so, it's ridiculously yeah. over the top. But I love like every Elton second of John it. is in it. But but you're still like, OK, I'm in it. Like, yep. I, I'm you're here. I believe the, like I'm I'm on the journey. No, the thing is, One you of know, my Kingsman picks, is crazy, but then you still go along. And yeah. that's the key. Oh, you yeah, have to be sure. able to go along with it. That's it. You have to suspend disbelief. Yeah. And I feel like the be- the spy book, the spy romances I like the best, just sort of drop you into the story. And like you have this is the world you are in. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. You don't have to explain to me why everything is. works the way that it does. Yep. Like, it just is. You know, it's, um, you know, we're just in the jungle with our cat. Yes. yes. Obviously. With our cat. <laughs> well, it's Virginia. Don't worry about it. <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> um, like, one of my picks for today was Mr. and Mr. Smith, which is Helen K. Diamond's um, essentially it's like a a similar it's not a retelling of Mr. and Mrs. Smith but it's a similar concept where um one of the heroes is black ops and the other one is like deep undercover in the organization they're both kind of deep undercover and trying to uproot you know the bad guys yep. out of you know whatever a nest of bad guys <laughs> of course <laughs> Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. And so, and, but we're dropped in. The book itself is about two or three days long. Like it, it is a really tight timeline. Helen Kay is very funny. So the dial, the, the banter between these two is great. They're super into each other at the start. And so you're kind of dumped into the story with them both being deep undercover and super into each other. And then all kind of hell breaks loose. And then you sort of have to, they both have to ride this line of like, how much do I tell? Mm-hmm. How much, like, who can I trust? Can yes. I trust this person who I'm like absolutely hot for? And I really love that feel of that's that's the other way, right? There's, of course, humor that Helen Kay is dealing with, but she writes a really great like sexy chemistry. right? And that sexual chemistry, there is that push-pull of like, is this... Is this dangerous? Yes. Because it's making me feel, or is it dangerous because this person will shiv me in my sleep? Uh, yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Sure. That's, Which that's, is a viable, where, that's, that's a viable concern. It's a viable concern. <laughs> right. That, and that's how it should be. Exactly. Um, okay. So I I would like to, t- I know I mentioned 
the Karen Robards book where uh, night magic, night music. I forget. I guess I should look it up. Sarah, would you look it up? Are you looking it up for me? I'm like, what's it called? I'm like an idiot. Um, that was just me. Like I felt. Is this the one with the cat? Yeah. No, 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 that's one. It's night magic. I think night music. Night magic. Night magic. Okay, I know I mentioned Night Magic by Karen Robards. I'm not sure I would recommend it unless you have already read it and you're like, God, I remember that book from 30 years ago, probably longer, I guess. Um, But I do want to recommend Lies by Kylie Scott. Um, Yes, I love love that book. Yeah. I love that book. (laughs) And I think it's similar to Night Magic in that it has the woman who is – you know, okay, so he's a, she is engaged to a, who she, what she thinks is a very boring man. And she's like, I am not going to be self-actualized with him. He seemed nice enough and he, you know, but I, it's over. And so she breaks up with him and then she's ready to like move out of their condo when someone blows it up. And then she finds <laughs> out that in fact, he's like a super spy and has been not telling her the truth about the fact that he's a spy. And I mean- can I'm you imagine? No. Can you imagine if your husbands? I know you all have right. husbands. Like if one day your house just blew up yeah. and we're like, he's and he's like, like, oh, whoops, sorry. And she meets like, like his crew, what? right? Yeah, I'd be hot. And here's the part that listen. Okay, you know I said earlier I don't get shocked by romance. I was shocked by this. She and Tom, that's his name, have always had bad sex, and she's like, you know, mm-hmm. we don't even have good sex, and he's like, well. Yeah, I mean, most women don't have good sex with their partners, so I made sure to, like, be bad at it. And I yes. was like, I love listen, that. I he love cannot that live. in that book. <laughs> well, no, I, lo- <laughs> I love that in that book because it was like, he like because he was so, like, he was very Darcy-esque in that he was so analytical about it. And he was like, no, but most women don't have good sex, so I couldn't give you good sex. And sure. I was like, like obviously, I would have known something was wrong. <laughs> you would have known and she ends up you know what i really liked about this book is she ends up being a really valuable asset and having a lot of skills herself in the spycraft world and i really also like so here's back to sarah's like i like when they're both spies Uh i don't mind if one starts out not as a spy if she figures out she'll be a great spy later yes right yeah, she has I, to be yes, great yes. and then join the team right yes, yes. Right. i love a join the team i i love a join the team because that is so and, like you have yeah. the skill yeah yeah and he has to be knocked on his ass by it if oh it's, yes. if it's mf completely like, and she's the one who has to join the team he has to just be blown away by how amazing she is oh, Absolutely. Yes. i never expected you to be like any form of qualified person right and then i think it also (laughs) and now she's like leading the team and i also think it plays into a lot of kind of patriot again in mf a lot of patriarchal bullshit that really has to do with like wanting to protect her when Mm -hmm. it turns out that she can protect herself right back to you need to take self-defense lessons do i sir (laughs) do i (laughs) and she's like trying to punch him badly and be like is it like this (laughs) yeah right (laughs) No, but I okay. loved I loved lies. That, that was one of like yeah. I really enjoyed lies. That was yeah, and the, the bad it's sex comment was hilarious. I was like, oh no, this I know. <laughs> all right, so you we all we have a couple more. So yes. I know that you want to talk about Juno Rushton, and I love I, Juno Rushton. Yes, so I love Juno Rushton with the strength of a thousand suns. Listen, I don't know Juno Rushton. I keep trying to know her. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like hard to get to know, but I love everything she's ever written See? because I read every last breath 
And it was fantastic. Okay, fantastic. Bloody fantastic. And listen, like that book, it like it's not funny per se. It's like it's like the key to that book for me was like, I was like, oh, this chick knows what she's talking about. Like for real, for real. You were like, I am dropped in some black ops, like mm-hmm. badass situations. And you're like, oh my God, Juno Russian for real, for real knows, like knows the intricacies of like down to the fighting style. I was like, mm-hmm. yes, Juno Russian, you were ticking all my, like my little scratchy things. And I was like, yes. You guys, and- I'm pretty sure she does. In real life. Mm-hmm. I feel like she worked in intelligence. I feel like that yeah. is, yes. yeah. She has real life inspiration. I'm reading from Gina Russian's She was in website. the army, right? She has real life inspiration as a former Air Force intelligence officer. Yeah. yeah. And now she writes romantic thrillers. Every yes. Last Breath was on our best of 2019 list because yeah. I read it and I was like, what? This is amazing. It was yes. so great. So, And yeah. then the best part about that book was that it wasn't just suspense, you know, with some you know, how they give you like a quick nod to like, yes, yes, romance. And they bone like once or twice, but like the romance got equal billing. And I was like, this is, and I was like, and you were invested in their relationship, even though you're like, wait, is he Russian Mm -hmm. mob? I don't know what is happening. What's going on? What is, what is, what is this deal? I mean, Juno Russian is like, I'm like, I'll have her baby. No, so yeah, I would agree. And she's now written some like category, like silhouette. What's the silhouette line that's like romantic suspense? Maybe it's I just, saw those. Um, I can't remember. So I mean, she also is like developing quite a backlist. Like I don't think I think yes. when I read every last the breath, intrigue, I, Harlequin, yeah, intrigue. Yeah, I was like, yes, that's ooh, one book, and now I feel like there's more. Yeah, there's to dive into. Yeah, there's definitely more. And I just I was like I was like she is she kills it like it was not even a joke how she killed it and I was like oh it was really so this is this is how you do it then oh right yeah I I quit writing I quit (laughs) I quit I have no business writing anything like I I I quit (laughs) she's so So, I know I um you know threw some shade on Napoleonic Garris but I feel like I have to I have to call out a couple of historicals who, that I actually think are great. Um, Lauren Willig's, I'm, I'm just going to go fast, but mm-hmm. Lauren Willig's Pink Carnation series, which is 10 books long wow. and set during the um, Napoleonic era, is all about like French and English spies. And if you grew up with any knowledge of the Scarlet Pimpernel because your grandma liked that old black and white movie, <laughs> then you know what we're talking about here. So she's like, the the concept is that there is a spy who is codenamed the Pink Carnation. They're all, all the spies have these like color flower okay. code names. Okay. And in each book, there is, you know, a spy thing that has to happen. Sure. Um, and there is a wraparound contemporary story. This, this, these started being published like right around the time of like the Bridget Jones diary, okay. like pink books that we were talking yes, about. Pink books, yeah. There's this, these, this wraparound story um, with Eloise and Colin and Eloise is like a PhD student in uh, historical spies, historical espionage. And she is in London doing research on these like color flower spies. And so the person who has all of the private materials around this spy ring is happens to be just like a hot young English guy. So you get two for one. You get 
the contemporary romance that lasts sadly 10 books like oh, talk about a, a <laughs> long haul of oh, a God. of a burn um Eloise and Colin and then you get the internal every book is like a really beautiful historical romance with a spy and then of course you have the other piece that we haven't talked about which is the big community of spies right. like yes. there's like this kind of brother sisterhood yes. happening uh-huh. where yep. everybody's connected and I think that's always really that's always a fun thing yeah. for these books too. Um, and then I just want to shout out again another Mr. And Mrs. Smith retelling, <laughs> which is historical, and that's Shana Galen's Lord and Lady Spy. Ooh. And it starts, it is it's one of those books where the first chapter stays with you because it begins with the heroine. The hero is like incredibly boring. She is married to this very boring, who we know <laughs> is not at all boring, but it's very boring husband. <laughs> who is a Napoleonic era spy and she too is a spy, but like they don't know. Of course. And she begins with her hiding in a wardrobe in a bedroom in a house Mm -hmm. um, while the mistress of the house is playing pony with her lover in (laughs) the room. Sure. Yeah. So like, and she's been in the wardrobe for four hours. (laughs) So she's like, when is it going to end? God. And like, it's not spoiling anything to say that it ends in this like kaboom kind of like the door bursts open and there's an arrest and there's a lot of chasing. And then she ends up with her boss and she's like, what is going on? And he's like, the war is over. And which means, like, she has to go home Mm -hmm. to her boring husband and live her boring life now. Mm. And, of course, they're not boring at all. Not, of course. Of course. course. Now Um, I I need this. I need this in my life. One fine duke by... um, One of my favorites is... Lenora By Lenora Bell. And that whole series is her, like, essentially her adoptive kind of father figure is, like, the spy master for England and her name is Mina Penny, which is like this nod to Monty Penny. Yeah. And she essentially like would be this amazing spy, but no one thinks she'd be a spy because she's like a girl. And it's like real rompy, right? Like they like, you know, go through hedges and, you know, like, and it, it's it's terrific. Um, I think historical spy books tend to kind of work more for me because then you can get the like secret letters and the, you know what I mean? I feel like modern yeah, spy yes. books can be a little trickier. Codes. So I do want to talk about um, like a really wait yeah go ahead before you oh, move more. on okay. are you going to do another historical no I'm not so go ahead okay we'll come back I just also want to shout out and this this is just like I feel like if you are looking for an American a revolutionary era spy Beverly Jenkins's Midnight yes. is for me the like the highlight of that yeah that oh world I haven't um, read that one. The heroine is, it's set during the American Revolution. The heroine's father is a tavern owner. Like, she is known as Lady Midnight, Mm -hmm. the spy. Um, And she's, like, she is essentially, like, she's a note passer, like a code code passer. Yes, and I love that. And it's great. And the hero is not a spy, but he is a troublemaker. (laughs) So... (laughs) Fine. As, so, as all classic, good Beverly Jenkins we'll Classic are. Beverly Jenkins, the heroine, is, like, much smarter and more competent than the hero. And he just needs to sit quietly and just, wait for you, her to you, fix him. Yes. Just you stay here. <laughs> sort him out. Don't touch anything. 
I will make <laughs> exactly. <this>. Right. <laughs> exactly. Just, just let me do it. Um, okay. Let, let's me, maybe I'm going to be the one to end then. Cause I think the other, okay. So if the spies are not in the field, but are instead in the office, I think that there's like a lot of really interesting things that could happen. And this is where back to like a little while ago, where I said, I have a quiet spy romance. I think this is how it works, right? Like they're, Support staff for the spies, essentially. Right. Um, right. Only not Melissa McCarthy hilarious. And this book is called His Quiet Agent by Ada Maria Soto. And in this book, it starts off with Arthur. And it's, and this, okay, His Quiet Agent is a, a is itself a quiet book, right? Like, um, Arthur is, uh, essentially has applied for a promotion and he like works for, you know, I don't know the CIA. I don't think they name it. And so he right now is like a level two agent and they're like, okay, great. We're going to move you up to floor five. And he's like, yeah, but it's still a level two agent. They're like, yeah, but it's floor five. (laughs) And what the (laughs) boss tells him is he kind of holds open his like folder and he's like, you, no one knows who you are. I, I, you applied for a promotion and we don't even really like, you're so, you're just so quiet and diligent in doing your work, but those aren't the people who get promoted in the spy business, right? So the guy gives him this advice, which is like, you know, you really have to like, you know, be chummy with your office mates. So he goes up to floor five and he starts like trying to charm people. But of course they can all tell that he's not good at it and he's just awkward. But Aww, I know poor Arthur. Sweet. It is so, you guys, this book is. And his name is Arthur. I know. Well, I know. It, right. Okay. So, <laughs> but he eventually kind of makes friends with Carol who he's like the last person he tries to, he tries to go up to her to sort of make friends. And she's like, I'm a lesbian. Just like cut it out. He's stuck with your charming <laughs> smile. And he's like, wait, do people think I'm trying? And she's like, it's just too much. You're trying too hard and we can all tell. But he does manage to sort of befriend the real loner in the office, this guy named Martin. And he's in fact so quiet that everyone calls him the alien. Like, he just oh. reads these books that are, like, very daunting. I mean, like, you know, that the, they put the names in the book, and I was, like, cracking up. Um, and what happens, though, is he's, you know, and he starts to kind of, you know, force himself to sit at Martin's table. And he then, Martin doesn't come to work one day, and Martin is, like, uh, you know, always on schedule. And he is walking out in the parking lot and sees Martin passed out in his car. And, of course, we all think, like, oh, my God, the spies got to him. He had the flu. Um, <laughs> but but this is, like, the beginning of their, like, romance. But Martin is asexual. And so it really is this very quiet, emotional, wow. right, like, way in which they come to really, like, communicate with each other. And I think if you are interested in, like, the emotional work that romance can do and the way that people get to know each other – and. You know, when you think about it, that makes perfect sense that it would be in a spy novel because so much of the work is like how people can be hidden and mysterious yep. from you. And I just thought it was, you know, it's it's really short. It's maybe under 200 pages, I think. I read it pretty fast, but it's just very like it's it's very soft, but soft in a way that really like shows you like how mysterious it is to get to know the people that you will once love. I loved it. That sounds so sweet, actually. Yeah. Well, and I think for people who are, you know, have been curious about what would it, you know, what does a romance look like with an asexual main character? I think this is a great, um, a, a, a great recommendation, too. So. 
Well, this taught me that I do actually like some spots. <laughs> See? <There you> go. <laughs> I know. I See? mean, under duress. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, Sarah. No, you know what it is? It's, I think it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, I like the taste of it, but I don't like it to be labeled the way that it is. So there you go. I don't like the label. <laughs> well, you know, I, and, but like you also said a couple things that like have really, like, I'm like, you, you like spy novels. And the thing is like, but you like them to fit into a very specific, like yeah. niche. I like it. it to be really tight. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But like a virgin, you know, like just tight. Like a, I, like, that's exactly yeah. right. Like tight like a virgin like because it. at the I end of the day, tight. it's like you can't – I think in a spy novel, I think people get – they get bogged down. I think writers especially like who want to put all the the, the nuanced nitty-gritty nitty details in it forget that like when you're reading it, that it's got to be tight. And so some of yeah. that nuanced detail isn't always necessary because what's yeah, really no. interesting in a spy novel is the re- like when you're reading it is the relationships because you like you worry that these people are going to die. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It's, right. It's, it's, I mean, we talk all the time about romance reasons. Like we throw it out yeah. as a joke. It's such a joke that people are like, there should be a shirt that says romance reasons. Like, but romance reasons sometimes works. Like, yes. don't worry so much about it. Yeah, right. Like, Just, I'm already in needed, the book with you. Look, I'm reading. Somebody yes. needed. <laughs> There needed to be finger banging on that Ferris wheel. Don't worry there, about it. There did. There just okay. needed to be. I just. It's fine. There. I just. <laughs> and like, look. And and I seriously. Nana was like, where can I have them watch porn? <laughs> I know. I, it's A not Ferris porn. <laughs> it is artistic sex. <laughs> of it always is. It's, it's classy. It's classy artistic <laughs> sex. And it's like, no, no, no. All I could think was like, my God, people are just banging in this Ferris wheel all night long. They're getting in there and they're just going to like, I hope somebody spraying it down afterwards. (laughs) Exactly. I love it. I'm for it. Listen, the Bacchanal was like this, like, I was like, how crazy can I make this? Perfect. It was, was perfect. Was like, crazy. It needs to be like this insane thing that would like be like, okay, it's only 18 and over because the last thing you need is like some kid to be like, mommy, mommy. Yeah. So I don't want my kid in that Ferris wheel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, nobody. Right. So I needed to make it as crazy as possible. So I was like, oh, like a bacchanal, like just a full, perfect. like wild thing. And then I was like, oh, and then it's like, if it's like this, like this, like art, it's like sex art. Like th- I was like, yeah, that's great. Because then it's like someone's Someone's going to bang somewhere and then I can be like, mm-hmm. and then insert banging here. This is great. It was perfect. So the book is called The Spy in 3B. It is a Kobo original. Nana, yes. is it out now? It will be out. It will this be out. This is a, July, comes a June out. episode. Yeah, so. this is, so yeah. So it comes out on, uh, it was out on May 25th. Um, and, and so it's available. And the, the sequel, sequel is The out. Assassin in 5F and that is out. On July 13th. July 13th. Yes. So you can get both of them. Yes. They are delightful. Yes. Um, Nana, tell everybody, you said earlier where they could find you, but just remind everybody again where they can find you. And you also have like, you know, one or 10 books coming out in the next month. Uh, yes. I, you know, a, 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 <laughs> the next you know month what? or so. Do you, do you know what? Mind, you, mind your business. Um, actually, I don't, have, <laughs> I don't have that many books coming out right now. I'm actually, I'm behaving myself. 
the early part of the year was was wild. But um, you can find me at at Not I'm Alone Writer on Instagram at Not I'm Alone, uh, Facebook dot com slash Not I'm Alone Writer on Facebook on Twitter. Although I'm rarely ever there, honestly, at Not I'm Alone. And um, also, you can go to my website notamalone.com and find out all the things I have coming up. And the next upcoming books, like Sarah said, will be The Assassin in 5F as the follow-up to The Spy in 3B. And then for those of you who do love my cliffhangers <laughs> and have been following along with the London Lords, um, uh, there will be um, a special interstitial standalone book coming called the uh, To Catch a Thief. Um, and that'll be a standalone in the London Lords world if you've been afraid of the trilogies. Um, and then following that will be London Bridge at the end of the year um, in that following in that London Lord's world, but it'll be start of a trilogy. Don't be mad, Sarah, about the cliffhanger. <laughs> you know it's coming. I'm I mean, the one who gets mad. It's, fine. it's Jen who's mad. <laughs> I'm the one. Jen, I, just, mad. I get mad like at you in your face, like what on earth? Where is my book? But, uh, Jen is like... Well, Jen, don't be mad. But I do think it's different. <laughs> I said to Jen yeah. earlier, I think it's different with you. because, yes. And I'll say it with my full throat <laughs> that I think you plot the book, you plot the series. Oh, yeah. For, with to. an intent of cliffhanging. Yeah. I think some people. Just, oh, no. no. A lot of people I will not don't. name names. <laughs> sure. Tend to just like end a book and then be like, but there's more coming yeah. with these two. <laughs> and that feels silly. Yeah, no. I mean, I th- I mean that's my personal philosophy. Like, I mean, uh, people will talk like people who like I write with and whatever will tell you that like I I I am crazy about the plot. Like I just I need it to be right and if it doesn't feel right as I'm writing, I I can't continue. I have to go back and re-outline. Um and so I just really I like I know the notes it has to hit and those cliffhangers they're very intentional. Um so Jen, I mean, I'm so sorry. It's okay. I'm not sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna I, I'm gonna probably just now know and wait till they're all out. On July twelfth. Yes. Sure. I'll be like, okay, now I can finish. On July twelfth. Yes, and now I can read. Yeah, and you know, it's it's interesting going back to standalones after doing so many cliffhangers. So um so doing a standalone in that world will be interesting, but then I go back to cliffhangers, so don't worry. Um, but Jen, I, I see you with your hatred your of cliffhangers. Um, so I'm, I'm coming at you with a standalone. London Bridge is the book. There you Jen. go. I'm already, I'm already going to yeah. get it. Yeah. So. This is Faded Mates. We are, Nana, thank you so thank much you for so coming. Much. Thank don't, you for having me. Would you me. come again? Be, yes. We don't want to wait two seasons yeah. to have you again. Season yes. four, I, it's going to happen. I'll, I'll, come, I'll come back next week if you want. I mean, I can, <laughs> I can, I can sit Sold. in the car with the dog again. That's what I do. <laughs> That dog was so good. Yes. My dog would not have been that good. Yes. This is Faded Mates. You can find us at FadedMates.net um, or on Facebook, on Twitter at FadedMates, on Instagram at FadedMatesPod. You can join the OSRBC book club on Facebook where Faded Mates fans talk about the episode every week. Uh, you can find us uh, on our website. You can find gear from Jordan Denae, stickers from best friend Kelly. If you put Faded Mates in the comment box yes. when you order the sticker of the from- month club, you'll get a free Faded Mates sticker. It's sparkly. So. It's sparkly and beautiful. Um, and we hope you're all doing great out there. Next week. Oh, we don't know what we're doing. Sure. Check the podcast. <laughs> Check everything for what the read is next week. Check show notes. Um, and uh, yeah, we hope you're reading a great book this week. <laughs>